the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. We started this ministry about 19 years ago, 20, around 1999. See, if I'm wrong, now you correct me. Now, when David started... He started with a seed on the inside of him that God put there, okay? Just like he put a seed on the inside of you to do what God called you to do. And David didn't say, well, Lord, I'll do it as soon as you give me some money and you give me a big place. If I'm not mistaken, didn't you start bringing people into your home and taking care of them? So he's touched a lot of people's lives. Matter of fact, people that I grew up with back in the 50s and the 60s, has been under his ministry. I could name several of them. Matter of fact, my nephew, I believe, uh, wasn't uh, Bruce Jr. with you two or three years, maybe longer, two years? One of my nephews was influenced by his life because he decided he was going to do what God called him to do. And he was faithful in a little, so God increases him. As you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in much. When I first started going to his ministry over in West Memphis, I believe he was taking care of 20 or 30-something men. Is that not correct? And now it's increased to 60-something at one place and uh, so many at another place. And I believe that you have some land somewhere now that you're going to be doing something as God increases him. Once you step out and start doing what God calls you to do, there's increase. And I just want everybody that's a part of Brother Pastor David's uh, life, his ministry. I want you to stand up. So, by him being faithful to God, God has used him to touch these people's life. And God will use you to touch people's lives, even if your calling's not the same as his. But if you do what God calls you to do, you touch people's life. So, Brother Dave, would you stand up with your wife? It's Pastor Dave and his wife, and it's our honor to have them this morning. And also, before he gets started, we're going to be taking up a love offering for him at the end of the service. So listen to the Holy Spirit and be generous. We want to bless him. Thank you, Pastor Dave. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tom, for the kind words. Uh, I was like, who's he talking about, you know? <laughs> but uh, God has been good to me, definitely treated me a lot better than I deserved. Amen. Um, uh, always great to be here in my home church. Started out in this church. Walked out of the uh, jail cell to Soto County in 97. Walked right into this church. So this church is home to me. I always love coming back. And, and uh, in fact, our ministry, I, I am the, the leader of the, the Warrior Center. It's a rescue mission and recovery program. We have that very ministry was birthed and started out of this this little church right here. Amen. So uh, this, this, this church is a special place. Definitely been a, a, a springboard for ministry for, for many people, not just me. But we have a 69-bed 69, uh, 69 uh, facility at the uh, Warrior Center in Memphis. 
Plus, we have uh, two sober living houses where men and graduates stay in those. We have a uh, we have a 20 bed women's facility, the Breakthrough Center. Many, many of the ladies from the Breakthrough Center are here. We have a sober living house for them, and so yeah, we have over a hundred men and women in in our programs who are are taking the step to seek God for the answer of their problems, and we're um, discipling them. So it's just. And awesome work that God is doing there. Um, what he was speaking of on the land, yes, God has uh, blessed us with a new facility. It was a, it's a former nursing home and property in Bolivar, Tennessee. So the, uh, it was a $500,000 donation that they gave us to start a weird center in Hardeman County. And so that will be cranking up in a couple of months. And uh, so anyway, we're, we're a little busy, but busy uh, for, for, for God. Uh, we say uh, it's front lines ministry, never a dull moment. Amen. So uh, it's just an honor to be here with you. I just honor this church and honor uh, Pastor Guy. Uh, Pastor Guy is, a, is just a great man, man after God's own heart, uh, w- wonderful pastor. So you're you're in great hands here, and it's an honor to to come here for him. Uh, I want to share with you this morning. Uh, my title, my message is "Bars and Battles." Bars and battles. And it's about the uh, study on the life of King David. Now, somebody may say, well, bars and battles. I didn't know that King David was in jail. He wasn't. I'm not talking about those kind of bars. I'm talking about bars like music notes. You know, you, know, you have a music sheet and you have the m- music notes. Uh, that's the kind of bars I'm talking about. So first, I want to start this off and ask you to kind of you know, get your involvement in this. Um, who do you think is the greatest artist of all time? Who's, I mean, is the greatest artist, singer, songwriter, rapper, who is the greatest of all time? God. But I mean human. Humans doing music. Humans, humans making bars, making songs. Who, Prince. Oh, a little purple rain. We are in a purple church. Um, you know, you know, anybody else? Paul McCartney. Blake Shelton. Got a country music lover there. And uh, who... Somebody say Michael Jackson, NF, that's a Christian rapper, you know. Um, well, well, um, you know, of course, God gives a lot of people gifts, a lot of great artists. But I'm here to tell you that Elvis was not the greatest artist of all time. I mean, you know, I know we're in, in, in from his area and, and, and uh, Michael Jackson wasn't the greatest of all time. And Tupac wasn't the greatest of all time. Now, Tupac, if you're... Dan in Cuba watching me, I don't mean to offend you. Okay, I don't know if you got that one or not. All right. All right, but you know, you know, I, I'm here to tell you the greatest artist of all time was King D. King David. All right. His album, The Psalms, which is in the middle of the Bible, and he wrote over half of them. This album, The Psalms, has been topping the charts. For over 3,000 years. You can't do better, much better than that. Amen. His album, the Psalms, Chad, where's Chad at? All right. I mean, this album been on the charts for 3,000 years. All right. And, uh, but see, through the book of Psalms, we can, we can learn um, that some of our greatest victories, some of your greatest victories come from your greatest battles. Amen. But in, in the Bible, we, we dig into uh, King David's life. You, you dig into it. You can see what people wrote about David. You can read in First and Second Samuel. You can read in First and Second Chronicles. And you can see what people wrote about King David. But in the Psalms, you get to hear from him directly, from his mouth. All right? See, in others, we, in the writings of others, we see his life. And, but in the Psalms, you get to see inside his soul. Now, we all have, we're kind of like, we're all like that. Like, we all have parts of our life that people can see from the outside, right? But we also all have parts 
that people can't see. You know, I talk about the stuff that we don't say, the stuff we don't tell people, the struggles, the doubts, the battles, the enemies that we have that we don't talk about. You know, in the Psalms, David's kind of a little wild in the Psalms. When he's talking to us, he talks a lot about enemies in the Psalms. You know, you think he's a rapper or something with a rap song. You know, he's always talking about, you know, all, all, all of these enemies, all of the, these enemies. But as we get started, I want to dig into uh, some key verses that he wrote out of his heart. And before we get started, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you as we dig into this world. We pray that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to our souls. Uh, encourage us. Strengthen us. And draw us closer to you through this word today. And I pray that you would just uh, prepare all the hearts to receive it. And, and help us to take this as a seed. To help our lives. To help us be the men and women that you called us to be. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace over everyone. All of us. Thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us. Thank you for never giving up on us, even when others did. Thank you for always being with us. Thank you, your hand being over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. First, I want to uh, go to you. Let's go to the, uh, out of Psalms 59.9. And let's, let's crank this up. Psalms 59.9 out of the NIV is going to be a, a, up here on the screen. 59.9. All right, here's the verse. Uh, this is King David writing this. He says, you are my strength. I watch for you. You are my God, my fortress. He goes on to say, my God on whom I can rely. All right, so you are my strength. I watch for you. You, oh God, are my fortress. Isn't that cute? Does that not like kind of hallmarky, right? Is it that, I mean, you want to put that on a little pillow and put it on, on your you know, on your bed. Maybe you put it on a, you know, tag it on your Facebook and put a bunch of beautiful flowers around it. Put it on your Facebook. And it's, you know, it's just very, you are my strength. I watch for you. You, my God, are my fortress. And you, you, my God, I can rile on. That, that is really, really nice. But how many know that's pretty and cute? But how many know that life is not pretty and cute? All right. In fact, life can be really, really messy sometimes. In fact, life is, no doubt, life is messy. You know, kind of like the cross. Amen? The cross was messy and so, so are, are our lives. Uh, but so it didn't stop. So you just take that verse right there and you say, oh, King David, that's so sweet and that's so cute. And that's, you know, him talking about the strength of God. You don't, you don't hear a lot of struggle in that. But then you go on down into the next verse. He says, verse 10 Next verse, my God on whom I can rely. God will go before me and will let me gloat over those who slander me. But do not kill them, Lord, our shield, or my people forget. In your might, uproot them and bring them down. For, their, for the sins of their mouths, for the words of their lips, let them be caught in their pride. For the curses and lies they utter, consume them in your wrath. Consume them till they are no more. Then it will be known to the ends of the earth that God rules over Jacob. I'm confused. That's not so sweet. I'm not going to put that on my pillow. <laughs> you know, that's not exactly what I'm going to put on, 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 on the Facebook, you know, because he goes from being, you know, all oh, the strength of God. But then he goes into the deep struggles of his life, dealing with the people who are slandering him, his enemies and, and just the very struggles and things that he's, he, he battles on. Then go on down to verse 16. 
But I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God, on whom I rely. Now, okay, now that sounds like somebody that needs to be on bipolar meds. Amen. All right. That sounds like somebody that we might send them down to MMHNI to get a, you know, to get a little review and to get, you know, you know, because for, for one, he is like, you know, God, you're, you're awesome. And you're the strength of my life. And then going to the highest high and then going down to the lowest lows that these, these people are out to kill me. Get them, God, in your wrath, destroy them. Oh, but you, oh God, are my strength. And I, you know, so definitely you see the high highs. And the low, low. So I want to, I want to say, okay, now here's the great thing about the Bible. Bible's awesome, y'all. You know, you can read all that and you can say, what was that man going through at that time to say that? Did you know you can find this out? I found it out. You know how I found it out? I went to King David's Facebook page and I took, I, I did like this and I went back 3,000 years and you just kept scrolling back and back and back and I went all the way back. 3,000 years ago, and I got, to, <laughs> I got to see what was going on in his life. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, so he didn't have a Facebook page, y'all, but what we do through theology and the, the study of God's Word, we can go all the way back, and we can know what was going on when at that very time, and he wrote that, and you can say, okay, what would cause him to write it? What was he going through? We can go back in history. A lot of that history goes, is around First uh, Samuel chapter 19. It, it goes on. But here, here's, here's some of the troubles that King David was going through at that time. You know, one thing about King David was he, he, he had a degree in troubles. Amen. You read through all, all of that. But, you know, and so, so he knows, you know, so he knows just like you, he can relate. When, you know, we all read the Bible and it tells us, we know that God loves us, right? You know, deep in our heart, we know that God loves us, but it's really, really hard in the times when you don't feel God's love. Amen. We can read in the, get in the Bible and we can read that God's protecting us and, and protect, you know, protecting from our enemies and he is our shield. But then there are hard times when we feel like we're under siege. David knew all, all about that. But one thing we got it we know from, from David, you know, and, and the, God's word is, you know, God is not a refuge from trouble. God is a refuge in our trouble. Amen. Sometimes I feel like trouble is my middle name. David Trouble Vincent, you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't have a I associates. I don't have a bachelor, didn't go to seminary, but I got a master's in trouble. I know a little bit about that. And King David did, too. But, you know, many times the trouble that you're going through is for your training. And you got to you got to you got to remember that. But at this very time in these verses, at that time, this season in David's life, let me give you a picture of what was going on around that time. This is in the season after Goliath has fallen and David's life is getting lifted up, okay? But, um, and, 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 and in this season around 1 Samuel 19, the Bible says, and war broke out again. And war, so what was David's reward? More battles. Sometimes just because you get a victory don't mean that the rest of everything is going to be just sweet and pretty, right? Because a lot of times you, you may have a victory, but how many know you may drop Goliath. That giant in your life may fall, but how many know that Goliath has got some brothers? 
All right? And we all got Philistines that we have to fight in our life. So the Bible says that war broke out again. It never stops, right? You might be, you might get a you might get a um, you know lifted up on your job and, and you know and get a new job, but then you got to manage people, right? You might get a new house, but now you got to clean it, right? You know, there's always things that come with the victories, amen, all right? And it never stops. So David's reward, it says, was more battles because it says war broke out again. And Saul got very jealous. Now, Saul was the king, and David is under Saul, but Saul got very, very jealous. He was like, he didn't like the way that everybody was looking at David. He became threatened. He became, he was very, very insecure. So he said, you know what? I'm going to get David. And this got in his mind. I, I'm going to get David. And you know, one of the, one of the ways he, he tried to get David was he gave him his daughter. <laughs> he said, I tell you what, you can have my daughter to marry. I want you to go get 100 heads of Philistines. War's breaking out over here. I want you to go, go kill 100 of them. David said, that's fine. I'll get 200. He was an ambitious cat, you know. So he came, he killed 200 Philistines, a man's man, y'all. Came back and said, I got 200. And then Saul gave him the wife, a wife his daughter. Uh, she was a little bit of trouble, <laughs> a little bit of trouble later on. But, you know, for you, you, you youngsters out there, Wait on, wait on God, amen. All right. So, uh, so Saul was real jealous. Well, that didn't work, you know. You know, his his his, his daughter didn't didn't work. So then he decides he's going to plant. He's going to basically put a mark on David, and he sends men to follow him and go, watch where he's going and stand outside his house and basically said, "I want you to kill him." So David basically, you know, ha, you know, had a mark on his head during this season. Then right after that happened. That didn't work. Then all at once, David comes in after killing them 200 Philistines, and then everybody starts dancing, and the girls are in the streets. And Saul heard this song, and the girls got these tambourines, and they're saying, Saul has killed his thousands, and David has killed his ten thousands. Saul, Saul didn't like that song. That wasn't, that wasn't his favorite. He didn't, he didn't think that song should have been on the charts at all. He became really offended, and this is when he really purposed in his heart that I'm going to kill this man. I'm going to kill David. So right after that, all at once, the, a distress, the Bible says a distressing spirit started coming on Saul. And then, and then he would, he would, these demons would be on him, and, and a lot of that reason was because he was in the f flesh, he was insecure. He, he, you know, Saul, just, just to let you know, Saul was a picture of the flesh. David is a picture of having a heart after God. Amen. So Saul, Saul wanted to kill David. So Saul calls David to come play music for him. I want you to come over. I'm having some problems, and I want you to come play for me. Now, David had an opportunity. Look at what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's this little shepherd boy. He's taking out Goliath. Now he's serving the king. The, the king is a little whack, right? He's got some mental issues. He needs some, you know, meds himself. But, you know, he, David has the opportunity to come serve in the king's court. But, you know, uh, with opportunity always comes opposition. Amen. So King uh, Saul says, David, I want you to come in and I want you to play for me. So all at once, David uh, Saul is, is in this room, the king's chambers, locks the door. Come on in. Click, you know. Come on in. He comes on in. He sit, Saul's over in the corner. He said, I got you a harp right over there, and I want you just to play it. And I want you to, when you play, these demons come off of me, and, and my mind clears up. So Saul's over there, but Saul has purposed in his heart that he's going to kill David. So get this picture. 
David's over there worshiping with his hands on the instrument. Saul is back in a corner, sitting in the corner with a spear in his hand, sulking. And in his eyes, looking at David over there, worshiping God, saying, I'm going to kill him. Now, now, you think you've been in some predicaments, right? You think you've you, you been in some predicaments. Let me ask you this. Who was, who was Saul fighting David? Fighting himself. Fighting God. And that's one of the things. That's the battle between us. See, sometimes we, we want to be like David. But sometimes we're all like Saul. Of course, that's the fight that goes on in the side, inside of us. You know, it's like if we could just get ourselves right, we'd be all right, right? We could just get our heart right, then God could have his way in our lives. Next verse is Psalm chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Lord, how many are my foes that rise up against me? You know, David knew that in this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have enemies. So Saul's in the corner with a spear and David's hands on the instrument. Now think about this. You know, David has discernment. He's a man of God. You know, he's connected. He got like a, you know, a man. He's on. He got a main line to the Lord. You know, he he he's very connected. So he knows something ain't right. And he's over there worshiping God on an instrument. And this crazy fool is sitting over there in the corner, looking at him crazy with a spear in his hand. And what's he got to do? He's got to focus. He's got to keep his hand on the instrument. He's got to still worship God and do what he's called to do. All of a sudden, Saul was watching him. Saul was watching him. Saul was waiting for the right moment. And then right at the right moment, when he thought he had, he had a good line on him, where he was fixing to kill him, all at once he jumps up and slings the spear at David. But he misses. And what did David do? Nothing. Well, first he ducked, <laughs> right? But see, sometimes you, sometimes attacks will come at you, and you know there are certainly times where we we were called to defend ourselves, our families, and uh, but you know sometimes we are to you know kind of turn the other cheek and just duck and 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 put leave things in God's hands. You know that's what David did. Now understand, David did not get up and kill him. David did not get up and even fight him. David did not grab that spear and throw it back on him. And let me tell you something about David. His aim was good, right? If You think if David threw something at Saul, he was going to hit? Yeah. He had five rocks to take out Goliath, and he didn't need all five. He just needed one, right? So, I mean, David is a trained killer. He's killed lions and bears. You know, he took out Goliath with one rock. Right there in the center of it. I mean, David is a trained killer. When Saul missed, he could have died. But David just ducked and got somewhere. But he did leave the room, all right? And it said he got, got out of there. But so, but let me ask you this question. If you, you get there. David is worshiping. Saul was not very far from him with a spear. Now, Saul is a warrior also. He's also killed men. He's also been a general in the army. He's also led Israel to great victories. And he's just feet away from him. How could he miss? He's got David up against the wall. How could he miss? He had him in direct sight. It's like he just had him in the sight, you know? He had him. How could Saul miss? I think we know. I think there was another hand in the room. Amen? Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. See, so what, what it was was David was focused on God. 
and doing what he was called to do. And you got a man there trying to kill him. So when the spear left his hand, there was another hand in the room. But one thing I think we understand from David is that our worship is a weapon. Amen. That, that was David. And now you can say, well, that was David. You know, that's, I mean, that's King David. But understand, you are David too. You know, the, the, you know what David means? It means beloved. Beloved by God. But you know that because of what Jesus did, you know, you know, you know because of what Jesus did on the cross, all our sins are forgiven. And that you have been crowned with the same love that King David was crowned with. So what, what worship is also our weapon. Psalms 27.3 on the screen there says, Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Amen. So King David knew basically war, trouble, anything comes against me. Anything, I, I know I'm going to be okay because I know God's hand is on my life. In this, I can be confident. But you say, well, I mean, how can I have peace when I'm under attack with everything I'm going through? Well, how could David have peace when a spear was aimed at his head? See, David knew something deep inside. He knew that God's hand was on his life. Amen. Psalms 59.9. I want to go, go, go back and read this again. Psalms 59.9. We, we read it at the beginning, but I want you to see something here. You, he says, you are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress. Amen. So, so what's going on? What, what, what is David saying there? And so, now remember, he, all this stuff has been going on. Saul's trying to kill him. He's going through struggles and battles. He's majoring in trouble. People trying to take him out. Saul, he's got a contract on his life. Saul is trying to kill him. And, and you know, all this stuff is going on. He, he's at the point where even Saul is trying to kill him in the, in, in the king's chambers. And, and one thing that David knew, he said, you are my strength. I watch for you. That's, there's a little nugget there. I watch for you. See, when he was playing that instrument and so much was coming against him, he was doing what he's called to do. Now, we're not all called to play instruments. I'm sure not, you know. We're, we're, you know, we're, not, we're not all called. To, but he was doing what he was called to do at that moment. He was keep, keeping the Lord first in his life, all right, and he was watching the Lord. Basically, what he was saying. So understand, he's playing an instrument. He's watching the Lord. You got, I mean, you got a man over in the corner trying to kill you with a spear that very much needs some meds, you know what I mean? I mean, who's got all the, and just looking at, looking at them all crazy, imagine you. So, so David knew, I've got to look to the Lord. And I think that's, that's the lesson for all of us. See, we have to, we have, when, when we're going through, and you feel like you're struggling, those things that people can't see, you've got to watch the Lord and keep focus on Him. When you're battling with the, the, the strongholds that are still in your life, that are you know maybe going, going back as far as even your childhood, and it's a struggle and it's a battle every day, you have to keep focused and you have to watch the Lord. All right? It's kind of like uh, you know, what happened you know, with Peter. You remember they was on the boat. And they was all in the boat, and a storm came, and then all of a sudden they went out, and then and then Jesus is you know walking out on the water, and Peter said, "Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come." 
and I'll walk on water too. Jesus said, yeah, dude, it's me. <laughs> it's Fraser version there, all right? He said, yes, Peter, you know, ye can come out, <laughs> you know, all right? So, he got, so here comes Peter walking on water. But then all at once, the storm started coming and the winds and the waves, and Peter took his eyes off Jesus, and what started happening? He starts sinking. He starts going under. And the more he took his, his, his eyes off Jesus, the more he started going, oh, Lord, help me, help me. And then Jesus came and saved him, put his hand down, pulled him back up on top of that water. And he said, why did you fear? Why did you take your eyes off me? All right. So it's the same kind of thing. David, King David is saying, oh, my strength, I watch for you. What are you saying? He's saying, you're the strength of my life. You're the one I'm going to keep focused. I'm going to keep focus, keep my faith focused on you. I'm going to keep my walk going your direction. I'm, I, I am going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to your promises because I know my covenant with you. See, David knew one thing that King David knew. He knew that he knew that God's hand was upon his life. Now he had a lot of victories, but at each all those victories and those challenges, when he'd come up against things, he would come up against things and he would walk through it. And every time he walked through the fire. And took out a lion, or took out a bear, or took out Goliath, or God protected him from the spear, or whatever it was, his faith grew more and more and more in each time because he knew he could trust the Lord, and he knew this wasn't a fairy tale that God's hand was really on his was really on his life. Here's the great thing: did you know King David was not the last king? Amen. He, in fact, he King David was just a type and shadow pointing the way to Jesus, right? And he was pointing the way to the king of kings, trying to, you know, sh show us and direct us, you know, in uh direct us, you know, um in our in our faith in him. Now I want to I want I want you to think think about this. Put yourself in 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 David's in David's place. Where where do you think okay, kind of where you are in your spiritual growth right now? What do you do when war breaks out around you? You know, what, what, what do you do when, what, what do we do when war breaks out around? What do we do when war breaks out around us? I mean, that's, that's when the kind of the rubber meets the road, right? Because when war breaks out and trouble breaks out and the kids don't act right or the money doesn't come in, come in or there's financial issues or job issues and, and they don't act Christ, like Christian on my job and, and the boss is out to get me and I'm getting persecuted because I'm, I'm a Christian teacher or whatever. Like, what do we do when war breaks out against us. I think there's there's two Saul and David give us two examples of what to do and what not to do. See what Saul did, now Saul understands Saul was a king. He was chosen also, right? Saul was a king and he was chosen also. But he's an example of the flesh. So when he got in trouble, when Saul would get in trouble and things would come against him, what he would do was take his eyes off the Lord. Because he was a child of God too now. You know, he, he was one of those rough around the edges, but he was a child of God too. So when trouble came to him, he would take his eyes off God and focus on that. When, when people and things were going good with other people, he would get jealous. He would get in fear. He would get in, in, insecure. See, things would come against Saul. Trouble would come against Saul, and he would put his eyes on the trouble. But when trouble came against David, now, when, you, when David was going through trouble, it didn't mean it didn't affect him, right? 
but it didn't move him. You understand that? So that didn't mean that he didn't, that when trouble came in him and he went through the trials of this life, when he, when he went through those trials, it affected him, okay? You, we read that on there, you know? He was calling on God to kill people, right? He was like, Lord, get them in your wrath. Hurt them. You know, destroy them, God. You know, so we know he went through things. You know, you read the Psalms and you, you, you dig into the Psalms and you can see deep into his soul. And he, he would say things like, you know, I've cried on my pillow all night long. Night after night after night. That's, that's what he wrote. That, that, that's deep. Of course, you read his life and you know, he wasn't a perfect man. He made mistakes and he had to pay for those mistakes. So, you know, his children had problems. He had a son that raped his daughter, half sister. I mean, he went through things. But one thing that th when he went through things, he always directed his attention, attention back to the Lord. See, that's, that's what, what, what David teaches us is that we watch for Lord. So, so when we're going through things and we're going through troubles, we have to understand He is our refuge. He is our strength in times of trouble. Amen? In, in closing, I, I, I want, could, could our prayer team, prayer team come up here? I want to just give an opportunity just for ministry. You know, sometimes uh, when, when we're, you know, you're in a church, a lot of things are taught and you hear them. But also a lot of times things are called. And what does that mean? You know, that, that having someone pray for you and believe for you, many times you can catch that, catch that spirit of faith. Because you know that's what David had. King David had a spirit of faith, right? Meaning God, you know, he had a spirit of faith that would help him in those times of trouble to have the faith he needed to watch for God and to put God first. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.